and absolutely feeling good. And, yeah. and it does lead to one of our next things that we wanted to talk about is if you're coming here and visiting, right? You 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 come here as a visitor, and everything if you're looking at it from a vacation standpoint, everything is just so magical and everything just flows. Like they said, the rose-colored glasses. The rose-colored glasses just flows. If you go from visiting to migrating, whether you're coming here for a couple of weeks, longer time, to figure out if this is a place where you have a couple months, you're migrating. I know this is a thing back in the States about being current, being a current. <laughs> yeah. Coming with a sense of entitlement. Yep. Belizeans, on a whole, are very proud people. Mm -hmm. And for me, if you come to my store or wherever I used to work, at LCs where I work, and you came with that attitude, I would try my best to just get you served and out. Mm -hmm. Right? Because at the end of the day, you're a paying customer. Yep. But there were a couple times that clients kept over the line. And this is one thing because I had a great relationship with my employer. My employer trusts my judgment okay. to know that if I did something, it was because, and he knew, and he was like, yep. yeah, Job is a client, Job is the guy who deals with the difficult clients. <laughs> the client was really wrong. So if you've, ever been, if you've ever been wronged by Job or felt wronged by Job, you deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that you got me on a bad mood, yeah, maybe, right. maybe. All right. But in those moments when they did step out of line, I, I chased one out of the shop like i chased him out with him, and he's like ah. i'm like dude i'll give you my boss's number you've been calling yeah he'll, he'll understand so if you're coming from the states as a visitor and you're migrating to here realize please if it's the states you kind of call the current you need to dial that down here like we still want you because we're great people, yeah. but you're going to have to dial it up. You can give yeah. your perspective on yeah, that. No, and I agree with that entirely, right? And so I know one of the big examples of this too is when you are making the decision to spend more time here as a foreigner, right? So you're not a resident at this point. You're not a citizen. As a foreigner, and that's what you are, you're a foreigner, you get a tourist visa. And the tourist visa is valid for 30 days at a time. And so you have to check your passport to make sure that you're going to immigration office to get your passport stamped every 30 days. And whether or not people realize this or don't realize this, maybe they don't go to immigration at the 30 day mark, right? They look at their passport, realize their stamp expired, and 10 days later, after it expires, they're going to immigration and they're like demanding that they get their passport stamped. Well, technically, the lease can kick you out at that point. And I always tell clients to remember from the perspective of if there was somebody in your home country who overstayed their visa, you know, how would you feel about that or how would you react to it? So when you're going into the immigration office, just like, kill them with kindness, you know, bring some chocolates, bring some cookies, right? Go in and, and, and really be sincere about what happened and why it is that you forgot. Now, if you just don't go because you feel like you don't want to go to immigration that day, well, that's on you, right? And that's the entitlement part that we were we were talking about. But I hear it all the time from expats who come here and like, especially people who are just starting to move down, they have this this sense of, well, I like I should be a resident and, you know, I've contributed this much to the economy and this I've given this many jobs and this and this and this and I demand my residency. And again, thinking back to what is the residency process in your home country? And I got to say, I've, I've worked all throughout the region here in Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Panama, Belize, and Belize is probably one of the easiest residency programs that I've ever seen. Truly, it really is where you only have to spend one, you have to live here for a full year. Right? You can leave up to 14 days during that time. 
And after you fulfill that requirement, there are other things you have a back, clean background check and whatnot. But once you fulfill that time requirement, then you can apply for residency. And it truly is one of the easiest that I've ever seen. And yet people still come in and they're like, well, I don't know if I can stay in the lease for a full year. Okay, great. Then maybe you're not a great resident or a great candidate for residency, exactly. right? Like we have our friends in the States who are friends who are migrating to the States or even from Canada, moving from Canada to the States. And you typically have to stay in the United States during the time that you're applying for your residency, which can be years, right? It can be years. And so when you're thinking about it, take yourself out of your head, right? And go into the perspective of this is what the requirements are from the country. This is how I'm going to fulfill them. And now that's what I'm going to and how I'm going to apply for the, the residency. And I know I've been through the, the work permit process. We did that many times, had some hiccups, issues with it, went through the residency process. First time I had some hiccups with it, not necessarily because of any background tech issues or anything like that, but because our, our attorney wasn't necessarily the best. But you know, you, you get over that, you get over those humps. And once you do fulfill those requirements, I have to say being a resident in this country is so much easier than being a tourist, right? Just from so many different perspectives of even opening a bank account here is a lot easier. Um, opening a company is cheaper if you're a resident versus if you're if you're not. So there's just a lot that goes into the residency process and into that whole relocation process that I think is important for at least expats or people who are planning to migrate to know and understand. Exactly. And um, for example, if we, if I would go to the States, mm -hmm. I would go on a tenuous visa. Try, how would that look for me trying to get a residence? <laughs> it's, it's a pro I mean, I don't know the exact process, but it's a process. Yes, it is an absolute exactly. process. It takes I wish it years, would be a year that years I, for exactly. people to. And I get why, because you know, it's you know, US or whatever. But look at it this way if anyone knows about those things, it's Rachel. She's been there, she's done that yep. not once, multiple times. She has the experience for it. And another thing that, that leads us when you're migrating here is culture shock. Oh, I was going to say culture shock. <laughs> well, that's one thing that we're going to talk about, about like, rental opportunities. And I see a lot of, um, back in the States, you know, there's like a lot of websites and listings yeah. where you can look for rentals. The rental market here in Belize, it's so, so, so different. Um, mm -hmm. It's very informal. Yes. It is a lot by word of mouth. Yeah. And it's a lot when it comes to do by Facebook groups and WhatsApp. There's not like a established structure on it. And when, because they have a lot of documents and articles, when yeah. someone asks me, how about rentals? Well, here's this article that I have <laughs> for you. And out of that article, I have five property management um, dear information that I would suggest you reach out to. Right. But even then, sometimes, like when something goes vacant, like it gets picked up pretty quickly, yep. like really pretty quickly. And in that list, like I have like the complexes that do probably long-term rentals, like, you know, they have like um, Royal um, Palm. Oh yeah, Royal Palm. Royal Palm, there's specific spots that do cater for long-term rentals. Um, and that, with that said, that is very important for people to know. And it's also very important for people to know the kind of, both from a local perspective and from an expat or tourist visa, if you're hearing a mm -hmm. tourist visa, rent is kind of expensive here. 
it's it's not as cheap, I think, as some people think that it is. And even over the last couple of years, too, I mean, there's inflation around the world, right? So everything has increased in price generally, but it's not as cheap as people think. And I think also, too, because of the island that we're on, just the cost of living is more expensive, right? Because things all have to be shipped over. So you have your rent, you have your food bills, you have your utility bills. It's It gets, it adds up, right? It adds up. And I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of clients who are like, oh, we're you know, our budget is $800 US for a rental and it all includes all utilities. And I'm like, okay, well, what's important to you to have in that rental, right? Do you want hot water? Do you want air conditioning? Like what is your priority for you when it comes to a rentals? Because I can find you something in that range, but it probably won't have all the things. Oh, and the best, like when I go walk to the beach, you know, like to be within close distance to the beach and be within close distance to this, it's just not really, and have the AC and have the hot water. Like it's just not really realistic. But like that's where I think, at least from our business perspective, because we deal with you know clients in real estate, is clients have to research, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not up to us. I mean, we're here to help, obviously, but it's not up to us to tell you what your cost of living is going to be. That's where you have to come down and, and see things yourself. Because the price is going to vary greatly as well. Yep. Like. Um, for example, for a local and rentals. Yeah. This is the rental, a local perspective on the rental market here in the IN. Mm-hmm. I am personally blessed that even after I left LC Distributors, mm-hmm. I still rent out of my previous employer and mm-hmm. it gives me a decent price for mm-hmm. what I get. I get a two bedroom. It's one space, that yeah. It has a ocean breeze. Mm-hmm. So I get a really good deal. Mm-hmm. I really do. But I see for locals out there, it's you're going to pay a lot of money for something so small, maybe not even that comfortable. And it's like, Jesus Christ. That's where I call my blessings. But even for a local, if you're wanting to come and live here in the island, realize that you're probably going to be better off roommating with someone. Mm-hmm. You really are going to be better off with roommating with someone. And if you want to live some anywhere in close to the downtown area, you're going to be paying a lot of money. So where, Joe, like from the vocal person, like where do you, let's say you had a move next month, where would you find your potential place to live next? Well, I've lived in, in the island a lot on a couple of places, areas, San Pablo being one of them. Yep. Oh, we have San Pablo is a really nice uh, mix of both. Yep. Uh, I've also lived in the, um, Boca del Rio area, mm-hmm. in the um, Rio side, Rio yeah. Lagoon side. And then I've also lived in the San Marcos area, which is right after San Pablo. Right. San Pablo, for a lot of spots in San Pablo, not the canal access. Mm-hmm. San Marcos doesn't have that any water access. I know big spots, nice areas are like, for example, the DFC. But even in the DOC now, with all those paving yeah. of roads that are happening and all, all those um, values of property is going up, I'm going to start seeing a lot more apartment complexes go up in price and also obviously new bills as well, yeah. which is great because the accessibility now becomes better. Right. But then that will also increase in rental prices. Right. Uh, so, so I hear you saying, what I hear you saying is there's great business opportunity for somebody who wants to invest in affordable housing here. Absolutely. <laughs> And, and look, uh, this is a difference. And for locals, we don't need as much stuff as what we an expert. 
Right. Like we can live without an air conditioner. Right. We can live without hot wire. We can live without, uh, you know, like such a fancy granite countertop <laughs> and <laughs> stuff, which for us is funny because right. for us it's a working item. Yeah. I don't spend any time at my place. Right. Like I literally only spend the rent to sleep in and to shower. Because mm -hmm. I don't spend any time at my right. place. I'm always out working or pretending yeah. to work. Um, sober Septembers. Yeah. Sober Septembers. So yeah, mm -hmm. for us it's um, different. And here's come when I get clients reach out to me and they tell me, Hey, Joe, I want to live where the locals lives. And I'm like, do you know where the locals live? Because you might think that it's like, um, I'm not saying that there's a big discrepancy in, you know, the areas because everywhere here in Denver is pretty safe. safe, safe um, yeah. But there are some areas that are truly better than other areas. Yeah. Well, and some that are just not as accessible, yeah. right? Where they don't have the paved road. So you're going to be going through bumps and like, swamps at some point during mm -hmm. rainy season exactly right so you don't necessarily have that access you don't necessarily have just the conveniences of, of you might have your dogs bark the right. neighbors are barking all night yeah i'm not gonna say where i live but <laughs> where i live at the side there's an apartment building and every other night there's a problem <laughs> like i hear someone getting too drunk and yelling and having a fight with their partner and getting kicked out and it is hilarious it is hilarious but again that is where the locals live because right. that's where the affordable more affordable right. housing is yeah so when you do come here you realize and now when you transition from being an immigrant to being a more of a resident probably be okay with living in those areas as well because right. you've you seen are. you've been there yeah, you've you done that you, yeah. you don't care you know now you can get a beachfront condo and live there as well which but you're gonna be a lot more money for that you yeah know? you're definitely gonna be i would think i would say a Did property you see that condo in blue zen and key cocker so is this a different island but the one in blue zen is going to be like 4500 us a month for how much? For uh, the two math, two math that was in. I know, I'm just like, what? I mean, that's not really even within the, the standard market numbers, right? No, I but mean, a two bed, two by here, each one would be like longer than 2,500? Yeah, 2,500 US. That's right. No, realistically <laughs> speaking, US, yeah. Um, you could rent a nice two bedroom, nice apartment, which is not in the beach run, probably in a nicer area like DFC, which is getting nicer now. For probably about a thousand US. Right. You really could, yeah. which is like half or even less than yeah. a half of what you were in. Right. So, again, we can't really give you a budget, mind because every budget is just going to be different. Exactly. You're going gonna, you're gonna to have to come here and figure it out for yourself. And rental wise, you probably could get something online, but it's a lot better for you to be here and actually oh, agree. apartment rent. And I just closed on a client that he's wanting to build. And he told me about rentals and I sent him that info that I have and I'm like, good luck. <laughs> but he told me and now he's back and he's like, Joe, it's so hard to find something yeah. nice that I want to rent here. Yes, it is because the demand is there. Mm -hmm. And whenever something comes up in the market, it gets posted on those uh, rent groups in yeah. Facebook and it just goes like this. It's quick. And especially if someone who is already familiar with the island. 
Oh, they're already there. They're already yeah. there. They don't need to see it. Right. So if you're just first time coming or you're not that familiar with it, you're going to have to be here. So you're gonna have you're gonna be in a little disadvantage when it comes to uh, apartment picking, mm -hmm. and that really does lead us to the next thing we want to talk, which is the food cost. Yes. Food costs here um, can be, well, it's not cheap compared to the mainland. Right. Because remember, we, everything has to be boated here. Everything has to be brought here on barges and sail. You know, you have the two in the morning, the six in the morning where- um, It's dedication to get, get the, the produce. To get the fresh <laughs> produce from the Mennonites and from the locals from the yeah. mainland that bring yeah. it on sailboats. And even them, you know, they sell at a much more affordable cost. Mm -hmm. But you have to get up at six in the morning and, and be, there. be there by six. By six. By six. By you're six. competing with the restaurants. Yeah, you're competing with the restaurants. Yeah. Um, seafood is the next thing. You're yeah. competing with the restaurants that buy out by big bulk. Yeah. And even if you're buying at the most affordable places here in the island, compared to anywhere in the mainland, mm -hmm. for maybe exceptional placenta might be able to like match our price. Yeah. It's like twice the cost. It is. And I, I mean, I remember too going to um, Cayo in San Ignacio and getting a block of the Philadelphia cream cheese. And it was, I think it was $5.95. $5.95 or $4.95. It was $9.99. At least. Or I like I've been in some places, it's like $10.95. So it's double. And then even Gatorade. Or Gatorade out there was, was just there. It was two seventy five dollars a bottle. Here, GM, one of my coworkers came in. He was running errands. like, do you want to me to get you anything? I was like, maybe you just got me a Gatorade. And he came back and it was like this, you know, this baby with a little twisty top. He goes, it was eleven ninety five. Now you can get the other ones with like the big tops for about five please. But he was having a hard time finding them. He's like, I hope this is fine with you. It was like eleven ninety five for this. And I was like, well, you know, I think it's still in the fringe over there. But, <laughs> but the thing is, uh, it is what the, it is. A lot of budget for it. Absolutely. And a lot of people, um, I've seen this comment come up a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I just have sometimes I politely uh, just redirect it because I said, oh, but this doesn't cost as much in the U.S. Well, we're not in the U.S. <laughs> well, I don't say it that way, say, okay, but I say, well, if you think about it, if you're wanting anything U.S. brand, yeah, very much. We bring it from the U.S. Stamp duty in Belize for importation yep. of almost anything is yep. very high. Well, yeah, some nice. speeds are high here. Uh, yep. We... Um, we have a very strong tourism market, mm -hmm. but we don't have much of a production market. Exactly. We, we mostly export a lot of a lot of raw goods, but we don't mm -hmm. create a lot of products. Right. And for that reason, we are highly dependent on importation, and the government has high taxation on them. So if in the states it's already cost, and then you bring it to Belize, mm -hmm. it already has all that importation duty, and then the whoever distributor in Belize has to send it to San Pedro. And then the San Pedro company has to buy it from them. You add the transportation costs and everything yeah. on top of all of that that's cost. And then they have to make a profit. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be here and you're loving U.S. brands, especially for like soaps mm -hmm. and what's that, do know that you're going to be paying a lot more money for mm -hmm. Um, that product and, and that's exactly what you were saying you said just like perfectly there if you want those u.s brands you're going to pay for it but you can find the equivalent or in a lot of cases a very similar product mexican one yeah the mexican <laughs> one for for cheaper for less right so you can you can try something different mm -hmm. and and see how you like that compared to the, the u.s brand or american brand but it is just so funny sometimes when people come down and 
Um, well, I think the big, well, let me say the big thing is the expiration dates. You know, the states, there's the FDA, and we, if you are a supermarket, you cannot sell anything that's expired. It has to be off the shelf. So they'll start sales of products that are going to be expiring, you know, time, X amount of time before the product actually expires. Here, we, sometimes there's no indication that it's even expired, right? You have to be the one to look at the cheese, look at the cream cheese, so look at the yogurt, and think, oh, this expired last month. Am I okay with it being a month old dairy? You know, there are some products like, like Oreos or something, or, or where's like so preservatives? I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> it's no problem. But like the funniest is if you go into some of these comments, um, you know, people on Facebook, like a lot of this comes back from the, the expats or the visitors who are here like, oh my God, I can't believe that you know, X grocery store, I don't give the names, at this grocery store, they're serving expired foods. How unhealthy, how unsanitary. And then the comments are just like, oh, where are you going where it's not expired? <laughs> you just brush off a little bit of the dust and you're like, yeah, you know, this is fine. A month old, I'll be all right. <laughs> or you get to open up the yogurt and there's like a little film on it. Yeah, just clean that film off. Go underneath, you'll be fine, you'll survive. Um, but you just have to story, right? <laughs> I was over um, at the store the other day and I bought um, a Lala yogurt. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, yeah. And, um, I think some just came in right now. Oh, yeah. it's just the container. <laughs> and um, I went there and it was like a couple days, like probably a week or so to start. And I, you know, I live on my own, so I don't consume it as fast. I'm like, I think I could consume it, and then whatever, if it does expire, I probably could consume after. <laughs> and I was doing so, because one of those usually lasts me like about a week or two, mm -hmm. right? Okay. And on the second week when it already expired, right around the last days, you know how you go, your diary is usually very like liquidy? Like, yes. I took it out and it started to look like cheese. I'm like, no, that's not. That's, I, don't think, I think this is probably time for me to like cut my losses and throw it out. But it is a thing here. It is. What are, what are those little bugs that are in the, the cereals and the pasta? Little bichitos. <laughs> yes, bichitos. We call them bichitos. The little uh, ones that are okay. so small. Bichitos? They're another name of weeples or something. I don't know. I, I don't call know. them bichitos. <laughs> like, you get that too, right? And I've had clients say, we went to this grocery store and there were the little like, bichitos. <laughs> the the bichitos in, in the pasta. I'm like, oh, you just put the pasta in the, the pot anyway. You know, it's going to boil in the time. So it's not really a big deal but you just like you just kind of get used to this over time right and it just is, is the reality and then we joke about it when we go back to the states and visit family in new york and i'm like wow everything's so fresh here <laughs> but, but you do get fresh food here yeah you, that you is true that produce is true and fruit you will not get as fresher anywhere else well and it's anywhere nice else. too because it's like it is really fresh and there's not the preservatives in it where if you're buying bananas today you eat them all in the next few days because they're not going to sit there and mature more and you'll be well i guess they'll get quite brown within a few days but mm -hmm. you know it's not like you're going to have the fruit sitting on your counter for three weeks and it'll still be good to eat after the third week so exactly no. that's the part that i fruits will probably though. last more like a week at max yeah that's pushing it and yeah. keeping it on the fridge and you know but uh, when it comes to actual items yeah we have that issue when it comes to expired goods mm -hmm. and just check the date just check the date <laughs> i'm not saying that it's always the case it's just something that 
comes up all the time. It does. It's just it part does. of living here. It's just and part like, of living here. There's the one grocery store where they'll they will recognize that it's expired, and then they'll put a little sale tag on it, mm-hmm. and then you go up to the register, and they're like, "This is on sale. Is that okay?" And at first, I was like, "Yeah, that's perfect. Like, give me more." And then I realized <laughs> because it was expired, and I just tried to clear out inventory. But you know, again, the things that you the things that you learn, and you just kind of absolutely. When it comes to migrating here, a lot of like, the questions I see out there is, can I work from Belize if I'm working for a foreign-based company off yeah. of my home? I would say yes. But I'm not sure what's the legal sense of the deal. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the, the technical part of it, but if you come down on a tourist visa, you are not allowed to work for a Belizean company here. Right? If you have your laptop, you're doing your work online, and you're not taking away a job from a local, you're not getting paid by a Belizean company, then you're okay, from my understanding. right? I don't usually consult with an attorney if that's what your long-term plan is. But if you're planning to work for a Belizean company, you do need to either get a work permit or have your your residency here, or of course be a citizen in order to do that. And so many times I see people, they're like, great, well, we want to come down and we just want to bartend, or we just want to do this. And it's like, okay, well, great, go through the proper channels to do it. Get your get your work permit. But you're not going to get a work permit for bartending. No, you're not. You're not. You're not because you're taking away a job from a local, right? And that's not something that you really want be wanting to do if you're coming down. So you also have to realize that your your cost of living here may be less than it is in your home country, but the wages here are also lower than what they are in your home country. So you have to put that into consideration. So when I have clients who want to move here and still need to make an income, I say find what you can do online, and then when you come down. And you can establish yourself in the community through activities and meet people, but don't plan to get a job down here because well, you know, I've seen it's a bit more challenging. Yes, absolutely, it's a bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably could get a work permit um, if you first open your own corporation, yes, open your own business. That's how you can get a work permit mm-hmm. to work from here. And there's a lot of like blurred lines of what actually you can do as a mm-hmm. business owner, you know, yeah. but. For most of the body, let's say, example, um, nurse, excellent couple nurses, not like foreign nurses, but they're not, they haven't been here for like a year. It's like people that probably are already even residents or even citizens that are working, but they're, yes, they're expats, but you know, because they're American, but they're probably resident or citizen already in in a place for that. with the residency, you can work, right? Yeah, yeah with residency, you get the... It's, yeah, and it's a little interesting here in the country because a lot of countries require you to be a resident, and then once you're a resident, you can get your work permit, or then you have the legal status to do so. Mm-hmm. Here in Belize, you can get your work permit first and then apply for residency. So like, through that comp- through the corporation, if you open up your corporation like you're talking about, and then you would apply for your work permit. If you do end up getting a job down here, that company can sponsor you and, and get your work permit for you. But you can do that, and I don't know the exact amount of years that you can have a continuous work permit for, and then you can apply for your residency once you've hit that threshold, once you've hit those X number of continuous work permits. Um, so that's something else for people to, that's something to consider else too. And that, you're, we're just right around going in from, okay, you're no longer just visiting. You're no longer just migrating and checking out this stuff. You're not just testing mm-hmm. out the waters. Now you're becoming a resident, you're an actual resident, where if you're applying for residency, there's a process and there's things. But we're not going to go through those things. 
we're probably going to have references, links that yeah. you can go in and the about that. that. We don't want people to come back to say, well, you told us. But there are nice, good uh, like articles out, out yeah. online on that. And Ryan like, Robel does a really nice job. He's an attorney here in the country that he helps does, people. He do, does a good job. With the Another thing that you need to know is for, I can assure you for 80% of the questions that you might have, there's already an answer out there in Google. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I see it like resident, like visitors ask questions in groups. And I'm not trying to be mean, but it's like, did you even Google it? I know. <laughs> did you Google it before you asked us? You know, and, and there's so much because we are a very dependent as country on tourism. There's so much content out mm -hmm. there for everything. Yep. So you just have to literally sometimes Google it. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes you can Google something and, and it's not just there, or you're not sure how reliable that information is and anymore, or if it's yeah. outdated or whatnot, then you can maybe go out ahead and ask it. Well, and I can tell you a, a story about that. So for me, I got the residency here and I didn't know that you had to get a, a license here. Right, a Belizean license. And I have my license from the state still. It's still valid for another you know, five years or whatever it is. But I was in Cayo. I was driving a rental car and they just had checkpoints. And I opened up my wallet. The guy saw my residency card and then he saw my, I handed him my driver's license. And he's like, how long have you been here? And I was like, oh, you know, I've had a residency for a year or two or whatever it was at that time. And he was like, you need to get a Belizean driver's license. And I was like, Okay, well, sounds fair enough. So I was asking around to some people about it and like, oh yeah, you can, since you already have a valid driver's license, you can just um, show that to the, the equivalent of the Department of Transportation here. And then you'll pay X amount of dollars or whatever it costs to get your driver's license. And so I was like, okay, well, that sounds good. So I'm just Googling online to see. And so it's be like, yeah, that's how easy it is. You already have a valid driver's license. I get to the Department of Transportation. I'm like, all right, I have my driver's license. I just want to get a Belizean one because that's what the police informed me that I needed to do. And like, oh no, you need to take the permit test. You need the permit test. You need to take the, the actual, the practical or whatever it is. Driven. Like the driving, the driving portion of it. And I was like, is this a joke? And I am 32. I had my license for 16, 17 years at this point. You know, I'm from New York, I've driven in the city. Like, I get it. Like, I'm in another country, so I have to abide by their rules. But I was like, really? Like, I need to go through all this? So they gave me a study guide. And I'm going through the study guide, and our friend Mary was supposed to be getting her her, her driver's test at the same time. So Mary worked on that, but we were going through the permit questions on the written test, and it was like, if you're at the corner of this street and this street, and I don't even remember, like it didn't say where these streets were in the country either, right? It's like, who has the right of way? You stop, who has the right of way? And I'm like Googling to see where these streets are, and if I'm ever going to come across and turn that they were in Belize City. But you still have to fill out those answers mm -hmm. on the test that they give you here. And I don't know what I ended up getting on the test. I mean, I actually did study for it because some of the questions were so obscure. And they, some of the, the content on there that you had to remember. Like I remember one thing said, don't drive with a baby on your lap because the baby could distract you. Right, and it's not like because it's dangerous or being a car accident, the baby could get killed. It's like it could distract you. And I was like, okay then. Or like if it's if you're on a bridge and it's raining, do you, what do you do with your lights? Like you dim them, right? Because then if the bridge is bouncing, because it's there's a lot of swing bridges here. If the bridge is bouncing and you have your high beams on, then it's gonna blind somebody who's coming forward. So like these things, that I just didn't think about because we don't really have swing bridges right, right? So I did actually study for it. Got that part. 
And then I had to do the driving test. And so the golf cart that I had, so I booked the driving test, the golf cart that I had only had one mirror on the left-hand side. And so I was in the cart with the, the transportation guy and he's like, all right, we're gonna pull over here to the side of the road and then you're gonna back up, like parallel park to the side of the road and then you're gonna back up down this alley here but you can only use your mirror. Now, I can tell you that when we took to my driving test, what, 16, 17 years ago, 18 years ago, they would tell us to never just use our mirror because objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. And so I'm like, I can't like turn my head or anything. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like just trying to look behind me as I'm parallel park at that part and then had to go backwards and then down this narrow alley, maybe it's about five feet, six feet uh, wide. And I'm just using the mirror. He, well, he catches me going like this. He's like, no, no head, no head, just look in the mirror. And I don't have this mirror over here because that wasn't the golf cart that I had. And so I'm like looking in this one over here and I'm so off. Like I bump into things a couple of times going backwards. And I was like, are you sure I only have to use my mirror? Like, should I be able to turn my head too? He's like, nope. He's like, I'm, I'm not going to show you what it says here on this sheet, but you have to be able to only use your mirror. And it's like, I bumped up a couple times and the guy ends up, he's like, you know what? I'm going to get off of the golf cart. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to stand back here. Why don't you try to bring the cart back to me? And I'm like, here, here. And I mean, it's a straight alley. It's not like you're going left or right, right? It's a straight alley. But because the mirror, things are a little bit closer. So you're just curving a little bit more. And finally, he's like, you know what? Get, I'm gonna get back in the cart. Let's go. Like, you're fine. Let's just go. And I was like, but is there really ever a circumstance where... I'm not going to be able to turn my head. Like if I have a neck brace on, I'm probably not going to be driving. But it was like things like that where I did actually, like I did Google it beforehand to see if I actually needed to take all of these tests. And then they told me that I did need to take the test. So sometimes what you find on Google, where I'm going with this in a roundabout way is sometimes what you see on Google is not always accurate or sometimes it's somebody's personal experience right i bet like there are people after me who went in and had their driver's driver's license and then just paid whatever it was and got a new license without having to do all that so it does sometimes depend on your personal experience it depends also what parties in the government because they change policies at times too mm -hmm. so policies always be changing always and depending always. depending on the officer and always feeling that day yeah. and, and that's the next thing if you go in one day and you have this specific, let's say you go in to, to stamp your passport mm -hmm. and you go in West one day, you have this one officer and he tells you one thing Yep. and he lets you go or stamps your passport or, you know, you were late. Let's say you were late mm -hmm. and he comes in and you come in and, you know, he, he stamps your passport mm -hmm. and you are off. Yeah, cool. Cool yep. for you. Then another time it happens and you come and there's a different officer. Yep. The officer is going to have a different, might have a different um, mentality opinion, yeah, opinion exactly, on it. Exactly. And it doesn't have to do with, um, you know, maybe maybe they're not having such a good day. Yep. You know? Maybe you didn't bring them the right cookies. Yeah, that. maybe you didn't bring the right cookies. <laughs> but that happens. You don't sit there and argue with him yep. and say, oh, well, this one did it this way. No, that is your one mistake that you will always do. When it comes to any officer here in Belize, just try to comply with them mm -hmm. and you might save yourself a lot of trouble by not being confront, confront, argumentative, argumentative yeah. with them. Uh -huh. Or, you know, one thing I know always works, 
Tell us your be, secrets. Tell us the way to charm Joe. Don't be be naive. Obviously not too naive. Yeah. But just ask them. Make them right. feel like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, but tell me how can I what can I do yeah. to you know and so that for, doesn't happen again. So it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And for the most part, Belize is a beautiful per, beautiful person. Belize <laughs> has beautiful people. Yeah. And they're very kind and just we naturally have a good customer service. So if you do come across that, you showing a little bit, being a little bit more humble and just, you know, being like, oh, you know, maybe I did mess up. I'm right, sorry. Right. What, how can we, you know, um, what can I do and what's not? It will open doors for you instead of right. being argumentative with exactly. the officer. Because no matter if the other officer allowed it or slide it, if this guy says no, you being argumentative with him will not help. help. Mm-hmm. And this comes with, uh, when it comes to um, anywhere, 